0: Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery.
1: Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Welcome to another episode of the 12 Step Podcast. This is Mike. This is Gary. And this is Daniel.
2: Good to be back together again another email another email from uh, from one of our listeners this is a, this is a fantastic email this is from Arthur and so uh, i just wanted to go ahead and read it to get us started off but uh we'll always always generally uh, genuinely appreciate it when our, e- our our listeners email us and mm-hmm. have questions and and give us things that we can talk about uh, that are relevant to what they're experiencing so thank you Arthur for this
0: yes it sure um, makes our job easier it sure does it really does. So that's very helpful. Uh, uh,
2: uh, Arthur says this. Hello, Twelfth Step Podcast. I hope this message finds you well. I wanted to reach out because I'm currently working through Step Three, one of my favorite steps. I might point out.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, my uh, Step Three in my recovery process, and I could use some guidance. The concept of turning my will over to God is uh, is a bit challenging for me. I understand it's not about expecting specific instructions or having God intervene directly in my life. However, I'm struggling to grasp how to practically incorporate this step into my daily life. I realize that God won't show up to do the things for me or send me direct messages. Instead, it seems to be more about surrendering control and seeking guidance through prayer and meditation. I'm open to this shift in mindset, but I could use some advice on how to navigate this effectively. Do you have any insights or suggestions on how to practically turn my will over to God in the context of my recovery? I value your experience and would appreciate and support the guidance, uh, uh, any guidance you can offer. Thank you for taking the time to read my message. I look forward to hearing from you. Best regards, Arthur. So
0: I wanted. Well, to... thank you
2: first of all, Arthur. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's a great email. That's a great email.
0: I wanted to throw um, something out real quick. So step three is made a decision to turn our mm-hmm. will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. You know, it's it's very simple. It's a decision, Um we'll, we'll we'll dive into this more. But I just wanted to throw that out there because mm-hmm. I think he may be complicating this more than well, what it really is.
1: It is it is kind of the first. It is kind of the first step that requires a real action component. Mm-hmm you know, the others are, are kind of conceptual, you know, you have to come to accept things, but, but now you're, you're actually making a decision. You're, you're now taking an action, Mm -hmm. a proactive action to it. And I have a couple of thoughts too, but Mike, where, why don't we let you start us out? You got something?
2: Uh, yeah, I, uh, I like what you're. I like the direction you're going. I like what you're bringing up—the fact that this is really just a decision. This is the first point in time that we make a decision. Now, I don't want to minimize that in any way, shape, no. or form because, right. but because um, I, I will tell you from a from my own perspective and my own experience, the idea of a higher power somehow, some way it, uh, um, being a part of this whole entire process is was. A brand new concept to me though i grew up in a religious experience a religious home uh, i still had yet to navigate and be able to tie into what i would consider to be some higher power some religious experience some religious thing that motivated me and made me want to make me want to act a certain way or do whatever so coming to a conclusion coming to a point of being able to make a decision is not an easy thing what we're going to do here by making a decision is going to change the path and the course of how we move forward in a lot of different areas. That's a big deal.
1: It is a big deal. Yeah, That's a big in fact, it's such a big deal that you have two steps in front of it prepping you for this. Yes. And if you exactly don't have right. if you don't have any experience with uh, religion or or a faith or something like that, the idea of turning your will over to a higher power. If you if you don't have any experience with that or limited experience with that, that could be really daunting.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, that's kind of... and, and here's
2: the reverse of
1: that. Mm-hmm. What if you had a ton of experience with it,
2: and it's still incredibly daunting because you were uh, sure. because quite honestly, it didn't pan out the way I thought it was going to pan out. Even though I had all of that experience, if you can imagine, to say, you know what, I grew up in a religious home. This was supposed to be the way that it was. How many times did I cry out? How many New Year's resolutions did I make, and still? no God intervention in my life, if that makes sense. Yeah, You see what I mean? So it this is a monstrous big deal and in fact what I find more than anything is lots of people grew up in faith-based homes and what happens then is, is that as this addictive power takes over, they lose their faith as a result of uh, their addictive thing and then now mm-hmm. coming back to that in step three is really challenging.
1: Yeah, and you have to overcome all of that stuff that you've...
0: Well, <clears throat> so for me, yeah. um, you know, For me, I had to really change my thought and opinion of, you know, my higher power, who God was, you know, because growing up, you know, I, you know, in my limited experience, I had pretty much my image of God was punitive, you know, because, you you know, the Old Testament and God being vengeful and wrathful and, you know, and I coincided those stories with... You know, the father I was growing up with, he was very much that way. And so that was my belief system that that's how God was. And every, you know, I had this because, you know, I was, there was something wrong with me. I had gone through all the things that I did because it was my fault. It, you know, and all these things that just kept piling up. And that's the reason that God was the way it was. And, you know, even though I'd pray for it to change, it wasn't going to change because I was, you know, one of those crappy kids that he just didn't care about. And then I had to have that shift where it was like, no, that's not the case. That's just how I'm viewing it. That's how I'm perceiving things. And I had to start seeing, you know, as Gary kept telling me, okay, so what's the gift in this? What's the gift? And I had that forced me to look beyond uh, my negative thinking and then start seeing those things. And then I started realizing, wow, God is in a lot of, has a hand in a lot of the things I'm I'm going through. My higher power did. And it took a while, mm-hmm. but after seeing that over and over and seeing those small things or bigger things, I was finally able to say, okay, I can give my will up, you know, and, and I did. So go ahead. You have a question. I can n- see it.
1: No, 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 no. I like what you're doing, but, but there's something about this, this email that, that, Kind of wants me to approach it in kind of a practical okay, kind of a thing. Let's, at, at let's least, do that. At least lay some groundwork. And so I want you to, you guys, jump back with me real quick to step one. Okay. Okay. The idea that we admitted that we were powerless over mm-hmm. our addiction, that our lives had become unmanageable. Yes. Okay. I think, right. the, key, I think the key component in, in that, or one of them anyway, is humility. What I'm doing is not working yep what I've tried to absolute do to fix true. it didn't work yes okay. absolutely yeah. so i I do not have what I need, yep our best thinking got our, us our here our best thinking got me here so when you so so that's the that's the the basis of what we're doing, okay, okay, so i I can't do this mm-hmm. okay that's that's kind of where I'm at i I can't do this. I've, I've done the very best I can. I've exercised my will. I've tried all kinds of things. I've done this, that, and the other, and nothing I'm doing is working. Yep. So I don't have what I need or... I cannot scale yeah. this sheer cliff of right. per- okay. perfect polished so, marble. So what, what that's, in a practical sense, what that's telling you is as you approach this, whatever comes next, you need to approach with a sense of humility, okay? Meaning that... I'm going to have to try things that I've never done before, mm-hmm. and I might not understand why. In fact, very likely, I'm not going to understand why. A lot of Mr. Miyagi moments yep. is what I, I like to call them. Exactly. You're going, to have exactly. To, you're going to have to practice this for a long time until it becomes second nature before you understand the why behind it. Okay. But you're you're exercising some humility, meaning, you know, when when I started recovery, the one thing that that was really prominent in the beginning is I will do whatever they tell me to do. I, you know, Mm whatever, whatever, you know, I, whatever I have to do, I'm going to do this. Okay. So you have to, you have to approach it with some humility and when you try to control that or, and whether that's, you know, physically controlling it or mentally controlling it or whatever, you're, you're letting your pride, which got you where you're at, override this humility so you need to keep yourself teachable humble Mm -hmm. okay and you'll know that you're not when you say that you are (laughs) i'm teachable
2: and i think i have a few stories (laughs) around that so finish up where you're going with this because i'm gonna i'm gonna share my moments when i said uh, i'll never do that
1: yeah i'm right podcasting okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then then the next piece came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Okay, so the key component here is now I'm going to exercise a little bit of faith. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have some provisional beliefs. I'm going to believe that that t- being humble and trying these new things, listening to the voices of others who are in a better place than I am for the time being, I'm taking some provisional beliefs from my... my counselor from my mentor from my sponsor from my support group you know and really listening and submitting yourself to that i
0: believe that i'm gonna find help
1: right now those are two things that you have to you know you have to get into the mindset of doing it and then step three is that i'm you make the decision to let this journey take you where it's going to okay made the decision to turn our will, and lives over to the care of God as we understood him. And so what, what you're doing is, is, and Mike probably has a couple stories here too, because when you turn your life and will over to, to God, you are saying, I don't know where this journey is going to take me, but I'm going to do these things, and I will let it take me where it's going to take mm-hmm. me. And I know uh, 10 years ago in my wildest dreams, I never thought I'd be doing a podcast. In fact. I know somebody who straight up told me they weren't going to. Hmm, I wonder who that was. Ever,
2: ever, ever, ever. Okay, so it reminds me of Taylor Swift's song: "Never, ever, ever, ever will I ever do a podcast." I yeah. think that's what she's saying.
1: Yeah, that I think I think you're spot on there. So, so as you, so you you've got these steps one and two. So always, as you're doing your step work, always, always understand the lessons taught in the previous steps as you approach the next one. And and sometimes you have to back up and remind yourself or relearn what you're doing.
0: Well, in, in the Green Book, I think there's actually—part of the reading uh, mm-hmm. on Step 3 says, you know, you know, we make a decision to turn our will over. It says, sometimes we may try to wrestle that back or take mm-hmm. it back. Absolutely. And then we have to, again, decide to let it go yeah. and, you know, turn that will back over. Um, you so, know, and again, wanna... it's, it's making constant decisions of— deciding okay others are there to help me and mm-hmm. we and our higher powers are. there to help i me. want to interject
2: here for just a second sure. i want to interject here i think it's incredibly powerful and one is you know as you were explaining all of those things that have happened from step one forward not at any point in time did you ever mention god uh so sometimes we read these things as though this is a religious experience yeah. the fact of the matter is is that so much of this can actually be accomplished that higher power could be family Yep. It can be friends. It can be sponsors. It can be so many other things that we label as being this uh, uh, this this deity experience, and and that's not necessarily true. Some of the most powerful witnesses, some of the most powerful people who have gone through the program, are not faith-based people at mm, all. Correct. And so I think that's really really important. It's the recognition that there's a power outside of ourselves that can be so much more uh, so much larger than us that enables us then to accomplish the things that you're very much talking about. Right. Now I want to share a couple of stories. I want to share at least one story specifically because I think it's relevant and it comes from my own experience. So I can share this and feel like I know the facts about it. I remember finishing up our Sage one experience and feeling very lost. Uh, In fact, I had reached out to you. I'd gone to lunch with uh, one of the people from one of our groups and I was feeling very lost about where to go next and what to do next. So keep in mind, uh, at that point in time, as you recall, we did not have a 12-step program in place. That's right. And uh, uh, I reached out to you feeling very much lost. And you said, well, you know what that is, don't you? And I, I, uh, um, though I did not want to put words to it because I never, ever, ever wanted to experience the 12 steps in, in a 12-step program in that kind of a format. And so I was resisting that. Remember, we had oh, tried yeah. moving to locations. I, I I just did not want to do that. Um, there were a couple of these steps that I feared tremendously in terms of what it would look like and how it would come about, and I was very uncomfortable with all of that and what it all meant and who I would disclose to, et cetera, et cetera. I did not want that, and yet I was experiencing this discomfort. It was almost as if my recovery had reached a plateau, and I was sitting there, and in fact, I think those are the words that I shared with you. I'm at I'm a plateau. I'm not sure where I'm going to go with this. I'm not sure how this is going to go. And that's when a decision was made that we start the 12-step program. And that translated into a whole new level of growth and opportunity for me to work some steps and to move forward in a meaningful way. And I think that's what this is getting at. Mm -hmm. I think that's exactly what this is getting at. And when we talk about letting go with both hands and allowing a higher power to take over for us, it points us in a direction that we would have never, ever guessed in a million years or that we would ever, ever would have wanted to go down that path at all. And that's, I think, what happened in my own experience is, Mm -hmm. as I was willing to work the steps, steps one, two, and three, and whether that was, whether that was a realistic, uh, you know, hey, I know exactly formally what they are, or not, I was at a plateau, I knew where I needed, I knew that I needed to keep doing something. And it was a very natural step then to move into the step work and to to start in the 12 step program.
1: So that's, I think, what this is talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, and something else that you need to understand is that when you make a decision you know and you, you full send it you commit it you're, you're you're going to to throw all in with this you know understand that uh you you've got to learn to take life on life's terms, and like anything else it's a a learned skill yeah. turn you know surrendering like this is a learned skill you get better at at it as you practice. And it takes a lot of practice, and you're not going to be good at it in the beginning.
2: Right. Absolute truth.
1: And now I uh, go ahead. No, go. I didn't mean to catch up.
2: I was going to use a scriptural example, because I get the impression from Arthur that there is to some extent, there is uh, uh, there is that basis because I think he's 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 coming to a face perception Mm -hmm. on all this. Uh, and some of the perfect examples, obviously, uh, one of, one that jumps out of mind is is Saul, right? Uh, Saul from the New Testament, who later became Paul. Saul meaning large, Paul meaning small, who uh, who had this incredible experience that that was transformative. And yet, even though he had that specific experience, he still needed to learn. Remember, he came to town. He was blinded. He came to town, met with one of the twelve apostles. Interestingly enough, the uh, the, the the apostle himself was incredibly fearful of him. Uh, because of all that he had been. He'd been actually involved in the stoning of Stephen, which was uh, uh, which was famed all about the area. These people were very concerned about what that would look like. Uh, being Christian during that time was immensely unpopular. And here's the person who had an awful lot to do with that, who now comes to his home and has to be instructed. And the great thing about Saul during all of that was, is that I don't know where this is going to go. I just know that I need to make some changes and mm-hmm. was willing to let go of the old hands. And that became... That became pivotal in making Saul, who Paul ultimately ended up being.
1: Yep. That's, that's a fantastic example. Yeah. I love it. And So, go ahead. No, I was just saying, you know, he, he goes on to say, I'm just going to reread part of his, his email here. He says, I realize that God won't show up and do things for me or send me direct messages. Instead, it seems to be more about surrendering control and seeking guidance through prayer and meditation. I'm open to this shift in mindset, but I could use some advice on how to navigate it effectively. You know, the, the serenity prayer is a really, really good guide for that kind of stuff. And a lot of times as you go through life, as you go through life, you learn to take life on life's terms. And whatever the day presents you, is an opportunity for growth. I, I love to say, "What's the gift?" Even yeah. even when something challenging, what's the gift? What are you supposed to learn from this? You know, and I don't know. It, yeah. It's it's a little more than a go with the flow, but but that's kind of the idea. I, do you guys you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Could, when you guys,
2: I do. I absolutely do. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love his comment, too, here. He says, I realize that God won't show up to do the things for me or send me direct messages. And I, um, maybe. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. I don't know that. You know, I, I, um, I, I get the impression that Arthur's a bit of a religious individual, and that's great. Um, but I think that, uh, I think the ninth step promise points out again that, uh, that we'll start to see these things happening in our life that can be explained in no other way. Uh, and i think that's relevant i think mm-hmm. that uh, we'll start to see the miracles the small little things that are happening in our life and i don't mean to make that a religious thing i just the, the things that used to baffle us won't
0: be anymore mm-hmm.
2: so and that's the, that's the promise of the ninth step
0: yeah and i mean you're right you know he is right god is just not going to show up and, and do that you know but that doesn't mean you aren't going to get those responses. You aren't going to get those answers. I can't tell you the number of times, you know, because of the space I'm now in, where something will, you know, something will plague me. Um, and either it will be, you know, I'll be pondering on it, I'll be meditating, and I'll get this thought that I didn't have before, but it answers my problem. Mm-hmm. Or, um, for example the other night. Um, I got some news. It was really troubling for me. And I was struggling with my emotions and feelings on it. I talked to a few people and I was still just, okay, you know, I'm just not quite there. And it's, it's you know, I, I, I jumped on TikTok. I haven't been on it for months. And the first video that shows up, like it was like a hammer. It said exactly what I needed to hear, and it was like, okay, there's what I needed. You know, I wrote wrote my thoughts down, and it was, it, I mean, it was perfect Mm -hmm. for the situation, and it was, it allowed me to let that go. You know, again, it's one of those gifts. It was one of those, you know, as Shane calls it, God moments. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was my higher power talking to me because it could have been any video that showed up, but it happened to be that one. And then I got off. Like, I was like, okay, that was it. I'm done. That's what you needed and you're done. I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't mindlessly scrolling through You know, I got what I needed and it was like, wow. And then I went to bed. Like, I was like so content after looking at that. But those type of things continue to reoccur um, as we get to that place of opening ourselves. And I think that's where we turn our will over is where we're saying, okay, I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm, Opening myself up, mm-hmm. I'm opening the door for you to do what you need to do. I'll give you, I'll give you a a, a practical example of
1: what I think uh, God telling you to do something might look like. Okay. If you like, so I'm going to go back to Mike's story, and he he's talking about reaching this plateau, and and the, very clearly, I thought, okay, it's time to start a twelve step program. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to make our, we're going to organize one in our area. And I believe, I believe that that was, that was guidance, mm-hmm. inspiration, Yeah. but I wasn't told how to do that or where to go to start no, it or no. any of those problems weren't solved for me, but I absolutely feel like that was guidance, you know? And I think a lot of the time you, you get the do, you know, go do this and then the rest is up to you to figure out, you know, now you get the idea, but then you, but then you go. It's
0: kind of like that Field of Dreams thing, if you build it. They yeah, become, actually. You know, it's like, hey, how do, what, how do I build it?
2: I, I'm going to add to that because you're absolutely right. That group that started at that particular time has, has remained now for in excess of five to seven years. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, there's trans, it's split off and we have a, another evening group, two, possibly two. I guess Wait, it's there's two. There's three groups now. There's now. Three, groups three groups now, now. yeah. So three groups that have split off from that original group and in addition to that there is a, uh, a specific wives group that's yeah. doing uh, doing SAA stuff as well. So and it's it's filling the need and the next step then will be doing a couples SAA group sure. as well. So the possibility of you know the, 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 um, the, the reach into the community and the services that that's providing and the help that that's providing to addicts in our particular area, is uh, um, and so I don't minimize the fact that 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 thought that you had at that particular time was so powerful and so meaningful to so many of us to get a group started during that period of time because it was the next thing. Yes. We were at a yeah. plateau. We were at a place where you know what? Where do we go? There was nothing else in our area for that particular thing, and so that's become a big component of, of healthy recovery that's going on in our area, all because it stemmed from those kinds of conversations. So, yeah, I, I absolutely believe that, uh, again, uh, things that used to baffle us in the past.
1: I know, right? You know, that's that's ninth step promise. Stuff. And, so, and, yeah, it's fantastic. And it's, it's humbling to see how, you know, that's just taken on a life of its own. It's just absolutely phenomenal. The It really is. I have one other thought. Okay. Um, in, in here, in his letter, he says, uh, do you have any insights or suggestions on how to practically turn my will over to God in the context of my recovery? Now, for whatever reason, maybe it's where I'm at. Um, for whatever reason, the idea of, of compartmentalizing it to just recovery it, yeah.
0: No, it, I think you're right. It has to be everything. Yes.
1: So re- re- understand that in the context of your recovery. Well, let's let's first put recovery in the context of your life. Re- recovery is you're re- recovering the life that you should have without it. So there's not a there's not an aspect of your life that your recovery mm-hmm. shouldn't be. Shouldn't you know the the it's the length in the rest of your life. Right. Right. So the, so, you know, the decision t- uh, to turn your life and will over God, it, it doesn't say in the context of your recovery. Yeah. It just says, no, you're going to turn your life and your will over to God and...
0: Well, and that might be the full crux of everything for him. Yeah. is he's focused just on, okay, recovery, when really it is, you know, you need to turn everything, your whole life over to God and, or your higher power for your betterment. Mm-hmm. If you're just focused on one area... um you know, it's it's not going to work, right? Because you're not focusing on the right thing. Because, like you said, it, you know, recovery is recovering the life we had, mm-hmm. or we were meant to have. Excuse me. Right. And so, if it's just recovery, then how is that going to recover Do you our know, life?
1: It took me. It took me a couple of really good years to really get my head around the idea that working on my recovery wasn't something I did. It was how I was supposed to be living. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every time I get up and go to work in the morning, it's an opportunity to, quote unquote, work my recovery. I get to put all of those things into practice. I get to turn my will over to God. I get to take life on life's terms. (laughs) I get to interact with the public and, and, you know, look for the gifts in every interaction, you know. And, but it took me a while to get my
0: head around that. So, well, I mean, I I saw, I watched a, work i watched this really great video about separation Mm -hmm. um and at first you know the point of it was you know separating ourselves you know because this time of year everyone's kind of getting lazy because it's like stopping you know the holidays so why not try and this guy's like no do it but he's like beyond that you know as a life lesson this is something very important each day separate yourself by doing a little bit more you know um, you know, if normally you only do 15 crunches every day, do 16 today, or do 20. By doing that, you're constantly improving. Um, and so, in this circumstance, turning you know, our will over to God, you know, do it in small increments. It doesn't need to be this giant leap. Mm-hmm. It could just be a little bit here and a little bit there. But every time we add that that step forward, that little inch, Even. if you look back, it's a it's it could become a mile. Even, even just, even just
1: setting yourself up so that you're a little more mindful and deliberate as you go through your day. Yeah. You know, how would, you know, if I'm surrendering my life to God, what does that look like right now in this instant? What is the next right thing to do? Yeah. How, you know. Yeah. How
0: am I going to handle a negative situation? Yeah. Um, You know. How am I going to handle this positive situation? How am I going to, yeah. Yeah. Building safety plans. Each one of those are those little incremental things, Mm -hmm. turning that will over. And eventually, you'll be a year or two or three or four or nine. Yeah. The aggregation of marginal gains. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be a lot. It doesn't need to be huge. Just start with something small and And realize that it's not just, and be consistent. And it's not just recovery, it's your whole life. You know, what small things can you make? That improve things on a day to day basis, you know, where you're just opening yourself up to those promptings and, you know, allowing your higher power to make those changes. Even just
1: making yourself open, uh, making a conscious decision at the beginning today to be open to do, you know, to to follow those little thoughts. Yeah. It, and to do work to, to to keep working your recovery. Yeah. I mean,
2: that's, that's yeah. A, right. To, what if that little thought was is that you know maybe. I, I really need to be focusing on my recovery so what can i do today to make my my recovery self uh, uh, just a little bit better uh, well it may be mean maybe um, you know today i'm going to call a counselor to, or to, i'm going to contact a i'm going to contact somebody and maybe tomorrow that i'm going to i'm going to go to an SAA meeting today mm-hmm. Or to, today i'm going to read a little bit more in my recovery workbook or I'm going to do a little bit more in this particular area. and if those are just little thoughts that come along mm-hmm. that add up mm-hmm. that absolutely add up. And, and and those are those are absolute turning our life over. And then what will happen is is we'll find ourselves at a place saying i'm'm I'm, I feel like I'm stalled, I feel like I'm stuck, and then and then it breaks loose, like a like yeah. a dam breaks loose. Mm-hmm. and and, so, and there's this sudden rush of taking us to the next level. And we're back to the square one of sort of – I've got a but at a different level, back to, okay, what have I got to do today? How can I do this? How can I do that? And ultimately and eventually, it takes us to an entirely different place. Yeah.
0: And it could be as simple as making your bed. Yeah. Washing the dishes. It'll certainly start brushing, there. You know, brushing your teeth every day, flossing. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, yeah. Could, it could be all yeah. those little things which all add to your recovery. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Mike is right. You know, you'll get to a point where you kind of plateau a bit and then it's like, okay – now what's the next what, step? Yeah, what is the next? Right one? You know, and thing? then you then you look over. Oh, look! There's another hit. You know, another p- mm-hmm. part of the mountain I need to climb. Life is delicious, and, and
2: always uh, it absolutely is. Uh, ab- what a great comment! Life is delicious. <laughs> and but the the fun thing about that is is that all the way along I was this individual that was resisting that. This podcast is exactly that. I, I remember you approaching me saying, "Hey, we got to start a podcast." And my response was, there is no way in hell I'm going to do a podcast. And here I am doing a podcast. Three years uh, later. Because uh, the fun part about that is is that uh, all the way along I'm sort of resisting. And, and when I finally let go with both hands, it's taken me in places that I could never have imagined. And so it's fun to bump into people on the street and say, hey, I, 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 think, you're, <laughs> I think you're part of the podcast, even though we don't share a whole lot of information. About ourselves, uh, and that's uh, that's always interesting when someone's able to recognize you by voice or something like that. But but it's great to 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 realize where we've gone with this podcast. And I remember not so not wanting to do this. I remember that. So uh, I I think that's part of the I think that's whole part part and parcel of what we're getting at here with Arthur. And that is is that just go with it. And, Mm -hmm. And as you go with it, it'll get easier. It'll get better. And it will. And you and your life will be drastically improved.
1: Well, if you were if you recall that one of the discussions that we had as we started talking about doing this podcast. Was we committed to the idea of we're going to let it take us where it goes, you know, whatever that might look like. Yeah. Even if it means uh, Mike's yes. picture being now, up on a billboard. <laughs>
2: <and> <laughs> now let's be clear about the. So you, you two had the conversations about the podcast. And only included me, I don't know that I ever had the conversation about where this was going to go because this is a technology that I didn't understand or participate in at all. Uh, Correct. You all had those experiences saying, hey, guess what? We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Mike, would you like to join us? And i was like, why on earth would I want to do that?
1: <laughs> because it's good for your soul. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so anyway, the point being is, is that it's uh, it's been a huge blessing in my life as, as a result of allowing it to
0: be yes and not only that it's also blessed so many other people because we have allowed that to happen i hope so you know and so with arthur you know yes this is going to bless your life Mm -hmm. but it may you know once you start doing this it's going to bless those around you oh yeah if you have a wife if you have kids uh, your family and friends it's a ripple effect Mm -hmm. you know it's that pebble that's dropped in the pond it's going to keep rippling out have
1: Have no doubt that if you do this, if you really, really do this, you you will change the world for the better. Right. Yeah.
2: Certainly, the world that what you live in. That's
1: yeah, for certain. Even if sometimes yeah. you don't see it. Yeah. No, I I think I I really do think that. You know, I think that everything, all of our decisions. No, I don't think anybody gets away with anything, but at the same time, I think even the little decisions we make are are profoundly impactful. I think they're really they really do matter yeah, you know and i I don't yes. think we'll ever really understand the the amount of impact we have on the people around us you know i I was working my recovery today by smiling and saying hello to the people that I passed as I was you know making the rounds around my store or whatever you know i I don't know how that's going to impact something. I never know when something I say is going to be something that nobody will ever forget. You know, mm-hmm. that person might ever forget. So I try really, really hard to conduct myself in a way that it's going to to be positive, you know. Yeah. Anyway, look at us get off on another tangent. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're out of time. We are out of time.
2: Well, uh, I'll come back to where we started. First of all and foremost, thank you, Arthur, for uh, reaching out to us. Uh, a great topic, one that's incredibly relevant, one that's incredibly important, and uh, uh, it's always fun to revisit step three. I absolutely love, love step two, two and three. These were profoundly, uh, just absolutely profound steps in my own recovery. Uh, and really sort of changed the course of how I wanted to view the world and how I wanted to move forward in my own recovery. So it's always fun when somebody writes in and asks questions about steps two and three because, for me, they're meaningful, incredibly meaningful. So um, uh, any other final thoughts from either of you?
1: Just thanks, everybody, who's listening. Yep. Keep listening. It it,
0: it means the world to me. Like our show and continue to share news about this if there's anyone that you know is struggling. That's the whole reason we have the the 12th Step.
1: Arthur, you can do it. You do, can. Do the next right thing, my friend.
2: Absolutely. Very good. Well, well, this is Mike saying, do the work necessary to find the peace
0: that recovery can bring. And this is Gary saying, do the next right thing. And this is Daniel saying, find the humility in your recovery. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find us. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of
1: hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa
2: Recovery dot org.